Hello ladies and gents, welcome to another episode of Acting Inspired. Um, it's amazing the response so far, I've had over a hundred downloads in one week which is brilliant. Um, please keep listening if you like it and do review and uh, like and share and all that internet stuff. Subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, um, that's the best way of, of getting regular updates as to, uh, they'll just sort of automatically be downloaded into your uh, into your podcast app um yeah i'm talking to you now from a hotel room in amsterdam where i've just been filming an advert um for the holland flower council so forgive me for this being a bit uh <laughs> maybe not of the of the best quality i have bought my microphone with me but i don't have my mixer thing and my um pop shield so apologies for any popping that might occur um yes anyway enough of that this week we are talking to sam swan he is a brilliant actor um i first saw him in uh dr korchak's example at the unicorn theater directed by ria parry who will be a guest um either next week or the week after on the show um but that's for then, this is now. So I first saw Sam in that, um, and my girlfriend was in that show with him, so I got to know Sam. They live on a boat, uh, Sam and his girlfriend, and we live on a boat, so we sort of got to know each other that way, and uh, and I've been following him ever since we, we first met. You may have seen Sam playing Peter Pan in Wendy and Peter Pan at the RSC, um, and a brilliant performance in Pomona um, at the Orange Tree Theatre. He was also in the kitchen at the national many years ago uh, and he works regularly on television and as if that's not enough he produces his own work as well um which is one of the things i'm going to be focusing on today um we're going to be talking about a film that he produced called the listener and him taking on a producing role and um or the role of the producer and what that how that project kind of came about and what that's led to now um so yeah it's a really good chat and i hope you enjoy it have fun see you on the other side peace take a trip on the canal if you want to have fun Oh, look it. I mean, I'll do it later. So, hello, Sam. <laughs> um, how are you? <coughs> yeah, really good. Cool, man. Uh, tell us, <laughs> tell me a bit about you. Who are you? Where are you from? What do you do? Uh, well, like, I'm f- I'm from Birmingham, sort of, but also from Manchester a bit. Oh. So I was like, I was born in Manchester. Yeah. And then grew up there around Stockport, Gatley, Cheadle, Cheshire. Nice. Um, until I was like seven, <laughs> and then we moved to Birmingham then, and then lived there until I came to London, seeking fame and fortune. <laughs> yeah, man. <laughs> um, I'm starting most interviews like this now. It's my new thing. Great. After one interview. <laughs> um, but uh, what, what, when you were a kid, what did you want to be when you grow up? Um, <clears throat> I don't know. Oh, I wanted to be a commentator for a little while. Nice. Because I just talked quite a lot. Yeah. And I submitted... <laughs> 
I, I submitted like to one of them competitions, the match of the day competitions where you had to, um, I think you had to like call them up and then commentate on a goal or something. <laughs> really? But I didn't have the goal on and I, we had, we didn't, it's, not, it's not like a video, so I just put, like tried to time it in my head and tried to do it. Um, <laughs> I didn't win. Didn't get anywhere with oh. that. I was gutted. But um, was that when your commentating dreams were smashed? Absolutely. Well, also because I found out it's like you have to go through journalism or whatever, and that sounded uh, like hard work. Yeah, <laughs> I just wanted to talk. <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, and then I don't know. I suppose I wanted to wanted to be an actor sort of quite early on. Me and my mate Tom in secondary school, yeah. probably like thirteen, fourteen, we just would always mess around in drama and do stupid voices and stuff and we probably both wanted to be like voice actors or something yeah. doing like cartoons and things and then um uh yeah just ca- carried on then i went to sixth form college in stratford upon avon and went to the royal shakespeare company quite a lot and saw lots of stuff and thought i should probably try and go to drama school nice. <laughs> and um and did you yeah and then went to went to lambda um after that and that was really cool uh and then yeah Cool, man. Um, so what I want to talk to you about today, as we've already discussed, is um, are your, your personal projects that aren't necessarily um, the acting the projects acting, that yeah. you're doing through through your agent and just being an actor. Mm-hmm. Um, most, probably the one that I know most about and what I would like to find out more about yeah, is yeah. The Listener, the latest project that, that, I, that I'm aware that you've mm-hmm. done. Um can you tell us about the listener and what that is and yeah well um do you want to talk about like it's uh like how it started and everything or just about yeah it can do or um yeah yeah just tell us tell us about the project well um i'd i just produced um a a different short film called the allen pussycat with my mate joel and um that was really cool we did it with just like still photography with um like a, uh, like voice tracks and um, oh, cool. whatever at the time. We sort of wanted to make it like a sort of a bit of a comic um, kind of thing. And the Owl and the Pussycat was sort of like these urban superheroes without powers sort of thing. <laughs> it, was, it was really cool. And um, then I just sort of got the taste for, for it then and thought we should really do something else. And I live, lived in a place, lived in this like old um, dance studio as part of the like property guardian stuff. Where yeah. You, you live in it's like squatting but with less rights <laughs> and, and you have to pay money for it oh, um but it was amazing because we just lived in this house full of just like actors and writers and and uh like theater producers and stuff and it's like an amazing um building and like filmmakers and stuff and um the me and uh one of the guys mike gilhooley we were just chatting about how like it was really stupid that we were doing quite a bit of stuff with as like external projects, like outside of this group with other people and that we didn't collaborate more with people in, in the building. Yeah. And so, um, me and him were just like, Oh, let's, let's just do something. And then Ollie, who was a writer, um, and another one of the, one of the gang, bless you. Thank you. Um, he, we were like, Oh, Ollie, can you write us something like write up a little treatment for us or something? And, and see or like a, a couple of treatments yeah. and we can see which one we like he wrote one and instantly and sent it across and we were like uh that's brilliant um <laughs> like write it up <laughs> we, we love it give us the first draft and this was we were going to try and get it done really quickly because yeah. this this dance studio is so cool it looks like drive is there's all like these weird <laughs> pink and purple blue lights and stuff and um it's just kind of creepy a bit more like 
Only God Forgives. Just anything with Ryan Gosling. It looks like <laughs> and uh, so, yeah, we wanted to do it. I was about to go off to Stratford to go and do um, this job and as an actor. And I thought, like, I, we just need to get the shoot done before then. Then Mike can start editing it and then we can send, start sending it off to festivals, like, in the new year. Mm-hmm. Um, Mike was then going off to the US. So I needed to try and sort out getting the drafts done and, and whatever, like pestering Ollie as much as possible to get like a, a draft that we liked. We'd be in email correspondence and stuff and it just all got too much and just wasn't <laughs> going to happen. Right. Um, also, we the more that we looked at um, or thought about this project, we just thought it, that we want this to be something that is bigger and better than something that might cost like a few hundred quid done with some mates and doing something that's possible straight away. We still weren't interested in that anymore. We wanted to do something that was a bit bigger. Yeah. Um, you can take your time over and... Exactly, yeah. And and try and raise some money and stuff like that, which we knew then that it was going to be... It was going to have to be uh, after me finishing in, in Stratford. So yeah. it wouldn't be until March then 2014 that we'd be able to start doing any of that stuff. Um, and so then we, yeah, got that sorted, then did a Kickstarter for it... Um, and then, yeah, raised the money and started shooting in April 2014, and then got it done in a in a week. It was like a six day shoot. Wow, um, it was quite long, really. I mean, it's a really long short film. It's like twenty two yeah. or twenty three minutes. So that's not that long, really, is it? No, I mean, it just feels it's sort of long for a short film. It's sort yeah, of like yeah. an episode of something, I suppose. Yeah, I mean, the shooting time though is 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 that a long time for something of um, that length? like maybe not I mean we were doing just just over sort of three pages like three minutes of material a day um, obviously like three and a half minutes and um, so I suppose I suppose not I suppose it's quite um, that's that's actually that is okay it's just because it was yeah I don't know it, it felt like a it felt like um, I don't know what I'm saying really <laughs> <laughs> No, that's cool though that you you know it, it it's you went through like a process first and it, you tried to take on so much and then yeah and then realised that it's always my problem really yeah well I mean but that's probably not a bad thing because it means you just jump into things so yeah yeah definitely which sort of leads me on to what I was uh, this question is like how what, how had, had you ever sort of so you went to drama school to become an actor. Mm-hmm. Uh, had you ever had thoughts of like, what was your idea of an actor before you went to drama school, and then what is it now? And and I'd sort of always been before I went to drama school, I, I produced a, a play at the Midlands Arts Centre. Oh, amazing! Um, that was when I was like seventeen. Yeah. So you already had experience in, in a little creating bit. I mean, something. that was yeah, definitely. I was definitely obsessed with sort of creating something myself. Like I always, um, I was always. Uh, I, like I used logic and stuff and tried to make my own music a lot and that and then introduced my younger brother to that and then he got better than me at it and so I've <laughs> given up since <laughs> there's no point um, but yeah I'd, I'd always sort of wanted to make stuff I think I thought acting was a separate thing yeah. which I don't think I think could have been encouraged more at drama school potentially yeah. to just go like being an actor isn't just being employed yeah. it's it's making your own stuff and doing whatever because now looking back all the people I was most inspired by Simon Pegg and people like that yeah. who or Ricky Gervais like people who'd made their own stuff yeah yeah and 
that's ultimately what I really wanted to do, I think. But I, I, I feel like I've sort of tricked a little bit into thinking acting's a different thing. Yeah. And now I just sort of don't really see it like that, I suppose. I think it's all just performing and creating stuff. And it's all, like, massively linked. Yeah. Um, and that sort of anyone can do any of those things, really. Right, yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, so I think... Um, yeah, I don't know what my... I think I've probably done a quite, like, rigid ideas of... I, I probably thought that I was special a little bit, that I wanted to make some... I wanted to make stuff and act and that I could do both Yeah. whereas most people are just gonna like want to act and like they're idiots for that sort of thing but I think now <laughs> now I'm just sort of thinking like that's probably most people really yeah. do want to do stuff like whether they find it or not is obviously like a different thing but mo- most people just want to make stuff and yeah. create something um, yeah well yeah that's I mean that's what I'm hoping to get at through this podcast yeah it's yeah like, you know it, those people who are having those ideas who aren't necessarily you know, ha- have certain fears about starting the process. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, hopefully, that just hearing that this is like a normal thing, mm. and it's you know, all you've got to do is sort of grab it by the balls and jump yeah, in. Yeah, yeah, definitely. And you'll do it, which seems to be what you've done. And and most of the people that I speak, I've spoken to so far as well, mm. it seems to be that they've, you know, I've got this big question, like, what was the first step of action you took to make that idea into reality? And everyone's just like, well, just did it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and I'm like, oh, totally. Cool. I think, and I, I think that is for some people it might take a bit of a I don't know like a sort of personality shift I suppose a little bit because I've sort of always wanted to do that sort of thing like always had little side projects like at, at Lambda I, I, I ran like a sandwich store and stuff like that <laughs> just because I think I fancied myself as like um, uh, I probably naturally quite a, a bit of a capitalist even though I'm like completely anti yeah um, <laughs> like technically like, with my politics I'm like so left leaning and then in reality like I want that money <laughs> yeah, that's what I, I don't know like I it, it's all it, yeah I don't know I always wanted to have like side projects Lila said my girlfriend she says um, that she thinks I'll sort of never really be content which is quite sad just because always just want to do something else and then as soon as I've got something or have done something and then thinking about what the next thing is um, which is great for getting stuff done because it means there's always yeah. a project or two but yeah, yeah. It, yeah it'd be would nice you to say that's, be able to sit in it a bit yeah would you say that's like an obstacle like that you create for yourself I was going to say what, what's the biggest obstacle you've had when start, for example let's use the listener as the mm-hmm. example for everything but um, what what was the biggest obstacle that you had when you first started doing that was it that you took on too much or uh yeah probably like or that you were already thinking about the next thing so you just wanted to get this done and out of the way a li- probably a little bit i mean once the once the project was done um like i don't really think i was very good right. at, at doing it i was just quite enthusiastic and like getting stuff done and that was well it's a great so that was good piece of art though um thanks very much it looks amazing um but there, there were things like in post-production, even after post-production, where we were doing post-post-production, when we were doing sending off to festivals and sorting out screenings and stuff like that, I just wasn't as good at being hands-on. It's good we had a lot of people coming in to help us after me and Mike had initiated it. Yeah. Um, and so then it just sort of got a little bit lost of the, the direction we were going in and who was sorting out what and all right, that sort right, of stuff. Right. But that was actually probably the best lesson is just where whenever you can afford to um 
not delegate and not give out like tasks to other people. Yeah. Don't because you know then you know what you're doing a little bit. Right. Um sort of hasn't come out very clearly, but like So you mean take take responsibility yeah. as much as you can. Um I think be like definitely definitely delegate. Yeah, this is coming out as nonsense, but like no, not the, at all. the uh when you th- it's just when you think that someone else is is doing something when they then don't do it if you could have then i don't know you would have saved a lot of time yeah i think uh and now i've sort of taken a bit more responsibility for all that sort of stuff and cool. then stuff just gets done yeah quicker um yeah cool and so in in terms of like getting it all started in terms of uh like funding mm-hmm. and all of that kind of thing with the kickstarter how do how do how does a kickstarter campaign work for people who might not know um so kickstarter is like a crowdfunding thing where you just get um you, you offer up people people would like donate to your project anything from like a quid to well whatever you can set whatever uh limit i think our one was like 500 quid and for 500 quid you got to be an executive producer on it and a little credit on imdb lovely and um then for a quid you got like a thank you or something on on facebook and for a tenner you got um like a a, a private link to the film when it was when it was done oh cool um i think that's right anyway it might be nonsense but like uh yeah yeah and so then that's then hopefully you just get lots and lots of different people to um give like a little bit of money over and that's how you make it and um yeah that was how we ended up raising we raised seven thousand pounds in the end on just on kickstarter just on kickstarter wow but then kickstarter take i think it's around i think it's ten percent oh wow um altogether in like a load of sort of uh fees yeah, yeah. That, like a load of different fees that are ultimately them just taking ten percent <laughs> <laughs> um and so we ended up with like six thousand three hundred um, wow. But which was still amazing. Yeah, I mean, and God. we thought could could pay for it pretty much. Didn't turn out that way, but oh really? Yeah, so that was, was that before you even started filming, or that was before we started filming. But I, it then it then took like a week or two weeks for the money to come in. Right. So then I then had to start spending my own money, just hoping that the Kickstarter money would definitely come <laughs> through. Um, and then I, which was which was fine anyway, because I'd saved. I was in Stratford upon Avon, and there's not a lot to spend your money on there which is sort of brilliant so i was just i was saving massive pizzas yeah oh god huge pizzas (laughs) so good um but so i was basically just saving up money to do the listener yeah because i don't really spend money on much other stuff yeah um kind of just because i want to do things like that yeah and it just facilitates yeah um doing that other stuff and that's what i just what i love doing really amazing and and you say that 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 money didn't quite work yeah. like cover Pay for everything, everything. Yeah. what how, do you mind me asking how much it did sort of end up costing? it ends up being about 10 grand really? in the end and so then a load of it was from there was like a bit bits and bobs more like we had then more people who donated after the kickstarter yeah which was great because it meant that and then kickstarter didn't take their cut as well yeah, yeah. so we had probably another thousand pounds from people giving to us who were like oh we missed the deadline and so we were like oh we can still give (laughs) (laughs) so they couldn't just be like oh oh i can't believe i've missed it right into the pocket yeah exactly please (laughs) and um so yeah there was that and then there was another uh one of the guys from good shout who are uh mike 
um, Gil Hooley's like production um, company uh, called Ish. He put a load of money in as well, and then I put the rest in. Cool. Um, which is more than I wanted to, to put in, but I wasn't sort of really fussed. And yeah. I spoke to a guy actually about um, financing another, like a new project, like a feature. Yeah. And um, he he told me that with with anything like that, they quite often want whoever's creating the thing whatever it is sort of doesn't really matter I don't think um, to put in enough money that it hurts them but not enough that it kills them and <laughs> yeah. I, I thought that was like a really cool thing because I was yeah. like yeah if you want other people to put some money in to your thing yeah. then you probably should put your money where your mouth is if that is only if literally like if a tenor hurts you then put that tenor in yeah. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but definitely do it because then it means that you are then thinking a little bit more about other people's money and treating it with a bit more respect I think because uh, yeah. me putting in you know, a little bit of money for the listener, it then meant that every single penny I was like, you, you can't waste this yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, to, yeah, yeah. to anyone who was then saying, oh, let's get a jib and let's get a, like, like someone, like another, another makeup person in or whatever. And it was yeah. like, we, we can't, we just can't do that. No, no, no. Um, How was that? Uh, was that the first time you'd really taken on like a, a, a sort of professional producer role? Yeah. I, yeah. I suppose really, I mean, it, I was done... a producer on the, Owl and Pussycat, yeah. and that was that was great. That was just getting stuff done, yeah. which is uh, was a, like amazing lesson. But this one was this one was crazy. It was just so big, and like the crew was massive. I think we had something like it's like over a hundred people working on it all together. Amazing, um, which is just mad. Yeah, and mad. all just amazing. Like people just gave up their time to help. Yeah, this thing. Uh, I think some people they wanted to do that instead of donating to Kickstarter. And oh, stuff cool! Like that. That's and great. Then other people just because they were like friends helping out and yeah. stuff. They were just amazing, amazing people. Um, and uh, yeah, what are we talking about? <laughs> <laughs> You're like the taking on the role of a producer. Oh yeah, right? yeah, yeah. So what, what did? Because um, I know you were reading Save the Cat and that. Yeah. What, what kind of was was that all? Uh, what kind of things did you read and look up and research there was to... loads of we, me and Mike we, we'd been reading loads of uh, books on story for quite a while so like Robert McKee's um, story then Into the Woods the John York yeah, book yeah, yeah. and then Save the Cat as well Blake Schneider and they definitely helped for just making us because we're both Mike's an actor as well and yeah. he directed the, the film and um, we it's just really interesting seeing it from both actors point of view and then sort of uh, writer's point of view with the, the save the cat type stuff yeah and then from a production point of view so that you can then I don't know sort of put them all together just go like how can you make something that is gonna um, be I don't know make every make everyone as comfortable as possible like you can understand Ollie's point of view when, when he's on his like sixth draft or or whatever and getting frustrated with things yeah um, we can understand the actors when we're like Mike was really insistent on trying to get as much time and trying to get some rehearsal in. We didn't get as much as he wanted in. Yeah. I think they basically just met for a coffee and went through it. And stuff. <laughs> but um, all of the, just at least being like sensitive to it. Whereas I think some people can be obsessing about the shots and not really caring about the acting. And so, yeah, yeah, those, those, those really helped. I mean, we, we, we had, we finished save the cat after we had uh, shot the listener. Right. And so that's kind of helped for projects after that. Yeah. And then we reanalyzed the listener with Save the Cat and it, we realized it sort of 
fit pretty much into the beats, which is very cool. And what? So there are other projects lined up after this. Is that yeah, yeah, been spurred on even more so by creating the listener, which was obviously such a massive project. Definitely, you like you need your next fix. Yeah, there was actually after um, because we've gotten into um like a few film festivals with the listener, like Palm Springs that Mike and everyone went to. I couldn't go to that one. And then Edinburgh, we got into as well. I went to that with Ollie. They were on at the same time, weirdly. They <laughs> oh, the festivals. The yeah, well, the um, the our screenings oh, were right. on, on the same day at the same time, <laughs> which is so mad. Like yeah. it was on at ten fifteen in California, and then on at like ten past six in Edinburgh, which ended up being like exactly exactly the same time. It was so <laughs> weird. Um, and uh, yeah, yeah. So then it was it was mainly after the screening after this i was like oh my god like i never want to do anything ever again (laughs) and then in seeing me and mike had then been trying to make something for quite a while and we were like let's go for a feature straight away let's like step it up be out of our depth again yeah um because at least we know we're comfortable being uncomfortable yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) and um so we we started trying that and we just couldn't we couldn't find a story like we've sort of found like a bit of a world that we wanted to talk about and potentially like shoot in and stuff, but we just couldn't, we couldn't find a story that we really cared about. And, um, so then, uh, it, it was only really after, after going to Edinburgh and I was like, Oh my God, I've just got to make something else again now. Yeah. And so, uh, I'm now producing and, uh, directing actually as well, the, uh, a short film in a couple of weeks, uh, called house call. Nice. That, Joel has written. Mike was supposed to direct it, but uh, he couldn't. Um, he he couldn't end up doing it. So I was like, "Ah, whatever. I'm just gonna do it." I'll do it. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Would that be your first time directing properly? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, which is, uh, yeah, really cool. Um, it's sort of daunting, but in a really good way. Yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. I can't wait. Yeah, amazing, man. Um, do you think that? Uh, the creation of the listener and and when you're actively sort of create doing your own work, I know you do you do very well as an actor. Also, do you think that's down to or has something to do with your proactivity outside of just the the simple acting role? Not simple, but you know what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, simply just acting. Um, do you think sort of when you're when you've just come from a meeting about the listener, a production meeting or whatever that you've set up and something you're working on, and then you go to an audition and, and go in there, does that give you like a, <laughs> how does it affect your acting I think career? it's really good, yeah. basically, because it means that you then go, if, like before, every single audition I'd go to, even if I thought that something was shit that I was going up for, yeah, I'd still be like, oh, but I've just got to get it. And yeah. I'm just not like that anymore. Like I, I sort of feel like I'd rather do a, another job like work in a bar or something and do tr- like try to then make my next like film project or whatever it is yeah um rather than doing some some shit um unless it like unless i mean if it pays well then sure <laughs> then i'll do it because then that will fund the next thing yeah yeah, yeah but of course. seeing it like that i think it I definitely see acting as a little bit more of a job, I suppose, than, yeah. I, than I did before. Apart from sometimes, like if I'm working with my mates, yeah, um, then it's always just like it's amazing because you're just doing stuff with your mates. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's sort of like acting has become the in-between job for. Yeah, a little bit, I think, and it's it's um yeah, I think 
it, it definitely means that I just don't put everything on meetings anymore. Yeah. Because you just go, oh, well, if I don't do that, then I'll, there'll be something else. Not not something else acting wise, but just something else that I can work on. I can yeah. then still spend time trying to write this feature with with Mike or yeah. um, or whatever else, really. But I think uh, also your your acting jobs must enrich your production work and your production work. And must I think the other way around. Yeah, yeah, well. definitely. I think you, I remember you talking to me about that actually. Yeah. On one job that you were it doing just, recently, where you it was just about like a camera angle and you not moving or yeah you, i think it's, it just makes you way more as soon as you're then like behind the camera yeah in the same way as i think if if people direct a play yeah like i know i've sort of probably been a little bit difficult in plays <laughs> like at times um I've never heard that whoops um <laughs> just because uh we're working with this with one mate um ned and doing um a lot of like the Mike Alfred's like different every night stuff yeah. became a little bit of a fascist about that and so it was like different every night or nothing and um, and so then it didn't, it didn't make me very nice I don't think to, yeah. to work with probably and then uh, just then doing another play with Ned and also like producing on the listener and stuff it does just make you sort of go oh god other people have got really difficult jobs <laughs> as yeah. well so you might as well be a bit nicer yeah man and so I think I've definitely learned to just get on with it a little bit a little bit more and to not create any problems where they don't need to be. Whereas yeah. before I'd be like, well, I, I, I don't know, I'd feel like someone was maybe like standing in the way of my art and, <laughs> and that like they should be punished for it or something. I don't know. But now it's like, ah, oh, they want me to... It's annoying when someone goes, oh, can you go and stand on A5 sort of thing? Yeah. Like um, something that seems really... Uh, just shitty direction or something but sometimes it's just you just need to do it you just need to get on with it yeah. and, um, so I think they de- it's, it's definitely I think it's helped more the other way around um, but then working on stuff recently has, has definitely helped just seeing like how they run their productions um, to sort of go oh god that's that's why that's run like that and quite often like uh, sets are like military operations yeah it's so sort of well organized. I guess you can learn from that as well. Oh my god, definitely. Yeah. If you just keep wanna you wanna just keep refining your stuff and then hopefully like just get templates of production schedules and whatever yeah, like yeah, that. Yeah. So you don't need to think about just that next time. Because we, we just did not know anything at all when we were doing the listener. And it's the biggest thing I would I would say, like, is just get on with it. Yeah. But then oh my god, try and put in try and have some sort of plan to yeah. begin with so that you can then look back on that plan and go well that was all rubbish like that, all, that none of that happened yeah um and then uh, yeah because as soon as you've done it you've just learned so much yeah and you can for the next thing that you do you can then just put so much more in place in yeah. preparation um yeah cool man uh who is your uh we've, you've sort of answered this already but who's your biggest inspiration not necessarily just in the acting industry or that world but uh who inspires you the most? Who inspires you? Inspire. Um, <laughs> um, no, what's? Uh, oh, I don't know really. I don't really feel like I have anyone anymore. It's sort of. It, it was definitely. I just loved Ricky Gervais so much yeah. around like The Office. Yeah. Um. And. I just haven't. Uh, well, lots of lots of different like actors do. Uh, like obviously Mark Rylance Simon Russell Beale sort of people 
Yeah. Uh, I can't think really. Yeah, I can't think. I <laughs> Sorry, it's funny. Like everyone sort of struggles with that. Yeah. I, I guess there there must be so many people and. Yeah, you've sort of just been influenced would, here yeah. and there by so many people. Exactly. With so much, there's not like anyone. And so something you definitely do when you're younger a lot. Yeah. Is go like, I want to be just like them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I wanted to be. I wanted to be Alistair McGowan when I was a kid. <laughs> <laughs> Alistair McGowan. Yeah, yeah. Impression. And then Ricky Gervais. Nice. And then. Uh, oh, there was this actor in the RSC, Jonathan Slinger. Yeah, that was like he's just the best. Yeah, and um, and after that, I don't really think there's anyone who I've been like, I want to be you. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. you are you are the person you want to be. That's it. Like you that's finally got there. <laughs> what's that? Did Matthew McConaughey say that like his hero is him in ten years. <laughs> that's definitely you. Bro. That's me. I, I can see that. Um. With things like pr- producing the listener and, mm. and that kind of stuff, has that ever has it ever got in the way of of acting, or has it have they ever clashed and, and become yeah, an issue? Yeah. Like your agent calls you, you've got an audition, and you're like, oh shit, I've set up a meeting tomorrow for the listener. Yeah, they have they have before, and it's really tricky when it's something that you'd like. Yeah, um, but you just have to. That's it. Hasn't happened a lot. Yeah. It's more during like during the shoot week, where it's like I have to be on set, and there was one audition that I just I had to go to. Yeah. And so I went that morning, and I spoke to Mike about like, do I, do I tell anyone or not? Because it's just sort of, it's not really kosher. I yeah. Suppose. Um, but I went to it, and it was a recall as well. So it was like it wasn't it wasn't like it was something that yeah, like I could have got it. I yeah. didn't. <laughs> um. But I think it's just one of those things you just have to make it work or see if they can do a different day or, yeah, or yeah. whatever. Um, there's something, it's like a radio thing that I can't do, which is a real shame, yeah. um, because of this house call project. Tell us a bit do. about that. Can you? Or... Yeah, yeah, a little yeah. bit. I mean, it's um, like it's another short film. Hopefully, it's it's about 10 pages at the moment. I'm going to try and get it down to about eight. Is it written um, by a friend again? Written by Joel, the guy who wrote Owl and Pussycat, Joel ah, Blackledge. Okay. And... Um, yeah, it's really cool. It's really funny. Um, it's about this this guy who um, he's been uh, depressed for like a long time, and then he's he's finally sort of he's coming out of it and about to um, go out and meet new people. But before he gets out, he gets a knock on the door by a market researcher um, who comes in and sort of scrutinizes his house and his lifestyle and whatever. Um, and so it's sort of like a dark comedy thing. Yeah, but. Um, yeah, we're we're in like pre-production stuff at the moment. It's really exciting. We just went to the, the location the other day, which is great. The main thing actually I'd, I'd say about with producing in particular is just just sort stuff out. Yeah, and like don't dwell on the problems or whatever. We had had a location in mind, and then that location fell through, and so went with this. Just found found another one. It was like you know people who couldn't be involved and so then you just like get get new people involved and whatever yeah. and that's just what you have to do and you just have to keep going and sort of don't dwell on it and also have loads of contingency plans yeah um as much as you can but me and um emily jane the um uh the the director of photography she's uh we went and did like the recce of the location the other day and 
it seems it just seems like really positive like it is possible i was sort of just shitting myself that it was like it's just not gonna work and like the lighting's <laughs> gonna be too bad and she's gonna say no we need a new location and that was like my last one oh, <laughs> so no. then, um but luckily she was like yeah it's fine and so then Amazing. that seemed to sort my brain out a little bit how um, do you go like where having only done this a few times before where hmm. do you where do you find the location like where do you find all this stuff well, this out one, how does uh, or is it again just a case of just doing it and... yeah you just do it like you know places yeah. that you can do it um, for the listener we went to um, we struggled for ages to try and find like a professional location yeah and it was just it was so ridiculously expensive yeah um, so then in the end I thought of um, this place called The Last Refuge that was like a theatre a theatre place in, in Peckham and um, uh, we rehearsed Mercury Fur there, which Ned yeah. directed. And um, yeah, we, I, I just thought like, oh, that place is looks like a sort of warehousey type place. Yeah, yeah. Uh, that could be really cool for it. And then we went there, and there was like an area for a green room sort of thing, and there was like all the places that we needed. Um, and then we, we needed to show Jeremy, the protagonist, his home as well and so then asked my mate Joe Newman who's lives in this like he lived in this really cool place and so um yeah when when and had a look around these places they those were the ones where as soon as we looked around they were awesome and and perfect for it and then they didn't fall through as well yeah. I don't know what I would have done at that time if they'd have fallen through <laughs> that would have been well, like, I, absolutely horrible I think judging by you you probably would have sorted it out quite quickly and hopefully but I mean it's just like now having sorted out a load of other stuff it it's like more minor stuff on the listener. Like I don't know how everything fell into place. It's sort of a miracle, really, because it was such <laughs> a big project, and stuff definitely should have gone more wrong than it did. Um, but, um, but yeah, yeah, and so, um, so yeah, that all just sort of sorted itself out. But it was only from uh, thinking like <laughs> where where looks good, yeah, yeah, this sort of thing, yeah, yeah, and sort of being quite practical about it. Really, there's. Yeah. Um, originally when we started we wanted to do that that sort of classic thing of using what you've got already to make something um yeah and so if you've got a cool location or whatever then use that yeah to make something and so we were going to use this dance studio yeah because yeah. it just looked awesome <laughs> and um and then we were like ah, it doesn't really suit it anymore yeah and so then we tried to find somewhere else and then yeah ended up ended up finding this but most most of the time it's just what have you got yeah and if you've got something that's just too epic then of course you're not going to be able to do it and yeah. this this seemed like it was on the edge of just being almost too epic yeah. um but luckily we had this sort of warehouse place in peckham <laughs> which is awesome and I, I stayed overnight there as well um every single night because we had like two hundred thousand pounds worth of kit jesus Christ. mental like we we had all of all of that stuff that we got on the cheap because the uh, director of photography, like David, was was like mates with a guy from uh, Kit Hire Place. Yeah. And um, so we got all of this stuff, super cheap, but that was obviously worth an absolute fortune. So yeah. I stayed in this like warehouse in Peckham, where like the locks sort of worked uh. like, on the thing. Um, actually, no, like legally they definitely worked. Like, oh, yeah. <laughs> um, they definitely worked. Yeah. Uh, but I like stayed there with a baseball bat. Well, not a baseball bat. It's like a stick of wood. And um. <laughs> um and then this like this uh, Pentecostal yeah man tell us about that he he uh, 
he like broke in basically <laughs> and he was like uh now we've got this we've got this place booked out tonight and this was the first night and we were like oh everything looks really good i'm so pleased that the first day has gone really yeah. well crash like this door opens and this guy comes in absolutely furious and he's like the 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 people who hire this place out there like he, they he was saying like that they were playing him and stuff and that he'd what and, and he and was like a priest or something he was a priest yeah and um he was like reverend and uh so then i just tried to that was another thing where you just like just try and sort it out just like stay calm and yeah. like try and give him what he wants as much as possible but ultimately like we couldn't give him this building because yeah. they were doing like yeah a midnight mass thing or like midnight service Jesus. um and uh i was like you can't you actually you can't you can't be here i'm so sorry and so then um i mate finn he yeah. went and me and him, we he, he went out and found some like new locks to go and put on the door because this guy had a key as well to one of these locks so like he didn't even he he did break in, but only because I was locking myself from the inside yeah, yeah, with yeah. these weird shutters, so I couldn't put the lock on or whatever. And um, so he had to break in, and oh my god, he was so furious. And so then instead we locked the back door instead. No, we like went out the back door. Me, uh, Finn, Finn went and got this lock, put it on the front door. We went out the back door and then put another lock on that. And went out for some pizza, <laughs> waited for like an hour and a bit until he was gone and then um <laughs> did he go? go yeah yeah but i had his number and everything we were like we were chatting the next day and i was just pacing around sort of furious on the outside to just be like i just need to get on with some other stuff yeah but like being like oh yeah 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 no it's absolutely fine like <laughs> we'll sort it out for you and we'll be able to be out because he, he had another service that he was supposed to be doing on the wednesday and so then we just had no not on the wednesday on the sunday the next day yeah and so we had to just like vacate the premises and uh he came and did his service in the afternoon and then we changed it all back as soon as as soon as they left but it was, oh, it was absolutely manic but that's one of those things where you're just like you just have to sort it out that's great um but it's amazing yeah, yeah. man um what uh is the is house cool as big have you got oh my as, god no no like definitely not it's toning it down uh yeah it was sort of i was thinking before before i go on to to uh feature there's like a couple of ones that i've we're, we're like thinking about there's one with Mike Gilhooley there's another one with a different mate called Mike <laughs> Mike Hayden Mike's. but that's the thing go and meet people called Mike because they're, they're, they're awesome they're <laughs> but um uh yeah there's like a couple of things but until that's ready I just want to basically become better at producing because I just don't think I don't think you can become that good at it until yeah. you've just done it loads you just need loads of experience in it because yeah. it's so there's so much stuff you need to know about yeah. what to do. You can have a like sort of gift of the gab a little bit with it, but then ultimately you just need to yeah. know what you're doing. So it, you're it, it, to a young actor or maybe even a young mm. younger you, um, just coming out of drama school or not going to drama school at all. Um, just a young actor who wants to produce yeah 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 a short film for example, but has no idea where to start. What what do you suggest? Just get on with it like it's, it's sort of it I, I definitely should have done it earlier yeah um and what's the first thing they could do to sort of start find that? a story yeah I think or find a writer uh huh um there are loads of loads of writers out there who just want to have something that gets made yeah um like this guy Ollie he had been uh, like he's written loads and loads of stuff yeah and uh he even wrote something and directed something in himself that still hasn't come out yet because he it just lost momentum and it didn't get finished after 
uh, like during pr- post production, and I, st- I think it's still not edited yet, and um, and that was years and years ago. And so as soon as we were sort of offering to make one of his things, he was yes, 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 yeah, exactly, like so enthusiastic about it. Um, and in, like within a week, he'd come up with this treatment that we just thought was so awesome. Yeah. Uh, do you think that's because he tried to do it all on his own? Yeah, probably he took on too much. Whereas having like <coughs> kind of excuse me having a partner, especially like someone like Mike, who he's a mate, like he edited it all himself. Yeah, and that was while he was working a lot as well, and so he smashed it. Yeah, for that he's like was amazing. Having someone who's gonna push you as well, because if you're just doing it on your own, it's it's so hard. Yeah, um, to sort of keep up the momentum and stay. Uh, like motivated to just do it yeah. is just so so hard because there's so many like stumbling blocks yeah, yeah. whereas if you've got someone who can kind of uh, like judge you a little bit yeah. <laughs> if you don't do it then that's brilliant um, and so having having uh, like some sort of a partner there to, to like a, and make a, it. someone to make you accountable for yeah exactly exactly responsibility and I think that was definitely because Mike sort of had a um like a, a word with me basically just at the at the end of it because it was after after the shoot and everything after everything had finished and he, and he sort of uh, and this was while I was doing a play as well so it was really it was it was tricky to yeah. keep everything like keep all the sort of balls in the air yeah and um he he was he just wasn't very happy with me for not keeping up with all the festival stuff and right. and, and all that sort of stuff and then that was when I we then just had a big chat about I was like I I yeah definitely agree and I, I I think it was because of the way that everything seemed to be delegated out and like the the good shout side of things was uh, which was like Mike's production company which was like with a load of mates it just wasn't clear sort of who was running it yeah. and I should have been right. and I wasn't and so he, we basically like chatted through that and I was like okay I, I just need to start running it then yeah. And that was brilliant because it just and that's what it's good doing it with a, a friend who can sort of tell you like it's you're not really doing to... your thing properly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and and great as well because I sort of prided myself a little bit on getting stuff done and stuff wasn't getting done. Yeah. And so that was brilliant. And then it was just a lot easier. Yeah. Which is why I say yeah, as much as you can, just take responsibility yourself. Yeah. Because otherwise, it's very easy to get lost. Yeah. In other people doing stuff. Cool. Um, and also, yeah, it makes it easier for whoever it is who wants to get something made. Yeah. To just go like, uh, yeah, I'm in control of all of this stuff. So if you've got a, if you want to produce it or want to write it or whatever, then that can be your area. Yeah. Um, or or direct it, and then it means that Mike was sort of involved in all the artistic side of stuff, and I was involved in all the production side of stuff. Yeah. And that was brilliant because they're two very, like, as they should be, very separate areas. Yeah. And that was brilliant. Coming together with me and him having regular chats about whatever. Yeah. Um, and that was brilliant. But anything more than that, where giving other people the initiative to do stuff wasn't really suitable for our project, I don't think. Fair enough. So so who are the key members of this sort of team that you have now? Is it you, Mike? Mike? Uh, Gil Hooley. Gil Hooley. Is the, he, was, he directed The Listener. And he has the company yeah good shout good shout they they like yeah make stuff together and they were a bunch of actors from lambda who wanted to make their own stuff yeah and so that's why they set that up and then 
yeah, me and Mike just decided we wanted to do something, and he was like, can we do it, like, under good shout? And I was like, yeah, fine, whatever gets it made. <laughs> yeah, cool. And and so it was you, Mike, and... Uh, there's another guy, Ish, Ish. Um, and... Uh, uh, who's an actor as well and what was uh, his role within this project he was like co-producer uh-huh. um so he came he came on board properly uh just before just before the the shoot i suppose so it was like after we me and mike had given all notes to ollie and the kickstarter was started and then yeah he got involved basically like during their kickstarter stuff cool. And Ollie, and Ollie as well. Who he was the writer. Yeah. Uh, but he's not. He's not part of Good Shout. But he went to Manchester University with with Mike and Ned and all of these other people. Yeah. Um. But then there's also from Good Shout. There's like, uh, Tom, who, uh, um, he, he was the like the first AD on the shoot, but also, is like a sort of founding member of Good Shout. And their whole thing is to just get, they want to get stuff made. Um, and they can use each other as kind of um, ways to get stuff done. So using people as like first ads or or yeah. whatever. And um, yeah, there's a load of other guys in there as well, like Laddie and Tony as well, who weren't weren't actively part of the shoot of the listener, but they sort of supported it through other means, like getting their mates involved with the Kickstarter. Yeah, 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 and, and stuff like that. And so, then, and did you did you how? did you come across each other how did you meet each other was it all through living in this this yeah i knew mike studio? from mike knew them from lambda right and then i knew mike from living with him in this um, dance studio place yeah, yeah. and all the other weird places cool man yeah so do you, uh, i mean obviously a, a good strong group yeah group i mean is that is really. key it's why i think um sort of always a bit cynical about drama school i yeah. think just because um I think working is the most important thing for for anyone training in anything really. Yeah. And so doing and whether that's paid work or not, it yeah. doesn't really matter. Like just doing stuff is really awesome. And um, so, uh, oh god, I've lost my train of thought again. Why does that keep happening? I'm going mad. Um, what did you say? I don't know. I'm just breathing laid back. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Into your face. That's it. Um, no wait, What is it? Uh, strong team yeah 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 that's it that's the but that is the main thing about drama school that I would encourage like, oh, yeah. people to go or, or whatever is that you just get this amazing network of yeah. people um, which is how I met all of these other guys and uh, but then also everyone has got a network anyway yeah um, of people who are probably like minded in one way or another yeah 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 and so even like this guy um, this guy Joel um, who's written House Call. We went to Stratford College together. And then um, this other guy, Mike Caden, he, we went to like youth theatre together back when we were like 16 or something. Yeah. So it's, yeah, you've, you've, everyone's, everyone's got like those people yeah. in their life anyway. And you can, you can just use them to then yeah. go like, let's make something together. Yeah. Um, And it's just amazing. And making stuff with your mates is just the best. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Is uh, it is? I know you're not a capitalist. <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> sort of. <laughs> but is uh, shut that if you want. Ah, it's alright. It's fine. Um, is uh, making money? Has that ever come into it? Has that ever been a part of it? Not like so far, but it's definitely something that I'm interested in 
now from, from that just because it's like the um it's it's all very well sort of doing this um while i've you know like when i was doing that the wendy peter pan show that was amazing because i could save money but yeah. that's not always going to be the case and i'm not always going to be lucky enough to be in work and to be able to save money from that yeah so i definitely would i'd love to be able to get some sort of a return yeah from that or even just pay myself like yeah in this next so in this house call one one of the main aims from it is to like pay everyone from it yeah. even if it's not going to be a lot and it's going to be rubbish probably below minimum wage whoops um <laughs> but, but maybe not I don't know. um but hopefully one day i'll be able to do somewhere like i could get paid as well as from well. it yeah um but it's just so hard that it, it's kind of like investing all of this stuff to make stuff that make stuff that i'm proud of and then um get loads of experience so that one day when the acting stuff dries up i could either get employed by someone else or be able to make something that could get some sort of a return but at the moment it's it just doesn't seem very feasible i think um but then you know stuff like like we talked about before with high maintenance yeah um the series on vimeo yeah that if you that it is possible to get some sort of a return from something like that and it's not like the production values are particularly high no no it's all i think when they first started it was just a very simple camera and their mates flats yeah exactly apartments or whatever you call it um so yeah i think just making uh um that uh yeah yeah just kind of making stuff and seeing what happens while i can is the main aim yeah and then later on once we've made features and they've probably still lost money <laughs> eventually someone will pay us yeah. and we'll see some sort of return <laughs> oh cool man i'm sure you're gonna be fine and uh the listener's amazing can people see that anywhere or... uh not yet. not yet uh hopefully soon just as soon as they finish the festival circuit and we're in talks with a load of like distributors yeah at the moment to see if it, it goes online um through their websites or, or whatever uh, but if not then um, yeah, it'll, it'll it'll end up being free to view eventually. Yeah. Okay. Cool. And what is there um, anywhere where people can sort of keep up with what you're doing, like house school and stuff? Is that going to be under Good Shout or is that you? No, that'll be um, under Old Gang, which is like I'm setting up now. Nice. Um, and yeah, that I should have a sort of proper website for that soon. I keep on just putting it off um, and <laughs> not not getting on with it, which is so easy stupid. to do. Stupid. So easy to do. Oh, no. um, Procrastination. Ah, oh, procrastination. Too way too much of that. <laughs> um. So, um. But but people can. Giving away yeah, too yeah, much. I know, yeah, sorry. <laughs> I'll, I'll cut Just that put inspire yeah. at the top of that. <laughs> yeah. Um. But uh, people can follow you on Twitter, and yeah, you'll be posting stuff on there, right? Yeah, every so often. Uh, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's uh, at at Sam G Swan with two N's. <laughs> nice. Uh, thanks very much Sam Swan thanks mate you're a very inspiring man (laughs) inspire (laughs) there you go ladies and gents wasn't that cool I think it was if you thought it was cool please subscribe Um, please like me my Facebook page I mean (laughs) please like me um, and my Facebook page and go on Twitter and leave a review or go on Facebook and leave a review or even on iTunes as well um I'm still trying to get this this running. It's been really great, as I said before, so far, just a week into it. And I just want to keep growing this and hopefully 
giving people some some great stuff to listen to um right at the end there we talked about high maintenance which i just have to say now is awesome and you should check it out on vimeo um or go on the high maintenance website if you just type it into google you'll find it it's a it's a brilliant web series by this guy ben sinclair and his wife um katia blickfeld um and they're cool as hell the first few episodes or first few cycles are free cycles are kind of seasons anyway um check that out um my website is still not up and running properly i'm still working on it it's taken me ages because i'm technologically stupid um and i'm trying to get that done so bear with me on that um it will be up very soon um yeah follow follow sam on twitter at sam g swan with two n's as he said at the end there um and keep up with what he's doing and i will let you know when the listener's available for you to to see um i do recommend seeing it it's a really cool film that sam produced and you can see the 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 result of all of this hard work and the result of just jumping into something um yeah thanks again guys um join us next week for another episode of acting inspired Bye. Twas a light gay and easy, whatever may come. Take a trip on the canal if you want to have fun. fun, 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 fun.